Amen. Amen. If a sound man could make my microphone kind of hot, I would appreciate it. Amen. I, I tell you what, I have had a good time already. And I think, uh, I think everybody would agree we've already had church. Amen. And I thank God for Pastor Chris Craig, even though he said those bad things about me. One thing I didn't know was that he was paying for the pizza. Apparently he paid for everybody's but mine. <laughs> and I was feeling good in the service until uh, uh, James Skinner over there, his offering time, he asked me if he could borrow money. <laughs> but other than that, we're having a good time. <laughs> Before I read the text, and the title of this message is Get Your Hopes Up. So I want you to tell your neighbor right now, get your hopes up. You never know what somebody might be going through tonight. This could be the turning point in somebody for eternity tonight. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is here. I felt his presence in this service, I'm telling you, already. Before I read the text, though, I want to read from 1 Peter 1, 3 uh, from the Amplified. And uh, it's just a brief passage I'm going to read. It says, born again to a ever-living hope through the resurrection of Jesus. So we're born again. How many are born again in this house? We're born again to an ever-living hope. And it's because of the resurrection of of Jesus Christ. Now I had to say that because I'm preaching on hope, but my text uh, isn't about the resurrection. So I wanted to kind of Easterize this message a little bit by <laughs> reading that passage. Now I'm going to go to my text, and uh, I am working within a time frame here, and I'm looking at Acts chapter 27, and beginning with verse 19, the book of Acts chapter 27, beginning with verse 19, and the third day. We cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when there was neither sun nor stars in many days, and no, uh, in the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship, and we, when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. All hope was lost at that point. But after a long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained, and to have gained this harm and loss. And I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Would you stand with me one more time while we pray? And could you pray uh, for me? Because we endeavor to have unity and can you imagine if these six churches that are participating, if 
these six churches that are participating would be more aggressive than we have ever been before, reaching out into this community, we could start a revival that would spread all through this region. And I mean, other churches would be blessed. It would just be spilled over. How many can get a vision of that? I told, I told Pastor Craig, I said, I can envision us going to Tech Assembly Center before long. Amen. Remember, I'm trying to get your hopes up because I believe there's hope for America. I believe there's hope for the church. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you that your Holy Spirit is in this house. I thank you for every one of the pastors that are here. They are dear brothers in Christ. I thank you, Lord, that we are one blood. No matter what denomination we might be, no matter what color our skin, no matter what strata of society we are part of, we are brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ. Tonight, Lord, pour out your spirit in this house so that every need in this place will be met. I pray, pray Lord, that everyone will feel ratified and satisfied and the devil will be terrified by the time we get to the end of this. In the name of Jesus, amen. Could you give Jesus a big hand clap? Somebody give him a shout. Amen, amen, amen. I'm telling you this. Paul gave them a warning before they even sailed. He told them it was going to be rough sailing. And you know, we need preachers in the pulpit today, and I believe we've got them here tonight. We need preachers that begin to warn people we are in the last day today. Jesus is coming back. And I'm here to tell you, thank God, I believe in a rapture of the church. I believe we're paid up, packed up, ready to go, that we're going to go. I believe in our six churches, there's just going to be a few people sitting there. (laughs) And there's going to be a great tribulation, but we're trying to warn everybody anyhow, aren't we? And you know, we're in perilous times when we had four states this last election that decided for the first time in history that the majority of the people in those four states would vote for homosexual marriage. Never before in American history. If you read the words of Jesus, one of the things he said besides it being like the days of Noah, he also said that it would be like the days of Lot. And we know that Lot lived in a homosexual area of the country. Are you listening to me? I'm here to tell you today that in a lot of pulpits, you won't hear this kind of preaching. But I know that I'm with brothers tonight that believe that Jesus is coming back again, that sin is sin. The blood of Jesus will take sin away from you. I'm here to tell you that for years, there's been many times I've stood up in communion and I've told my people, the Bible said we are to rightly discern the body of Christ. The word discern means that we see the body of Christ. And I have reminded them each time that our church is not the only one going to heaven. (laughs) 
than anybody believes that Jesus Christ was born in a virgin, laid in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes, died on a cross for our sin, was raised from the dead on the third day, ascended into heaven. They are my brother and they are my sister and we are one blood going to the same place. Hallelujah. I want to get your hopes up because there's a lot of things that are wrong in America today. I'm telling you, thousands of babies are murdered every single day in the United States of America. I'm here to tell you that we can't continue spending more money in this government than what comes in. I'm here to tell you that we need to return to the faith of our forefathers that believed in the holy B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of people in America tonight and a lot of people in our churches that they believe that they're just good enough they're going to go to heaven. But I'm here to tell you that being good enough won't cut it. Being a member of a church will not cut it. The, the name you wear on your lapel, even if it's non-denominational like we do, if you go up, it's going to fall off. If you go down, it's going to burn off. <laughs> the only thing, the only thing that's going to get, I'm going to get down here because some of you aren't getting with me. <laughs> the only thing that's going to get anybody to heaven is to be born again. Yeah, you can't be good enough to go to heaven. If you could be good enough, then Jesus Christ didn't need to come and die on a cross. But there was no other way that anybody would ever go to heaven except that Jesus paid the price for you and I. And we have to accept the gift of salvation. If we'll accept the gift of salvation, it don't matter what label we've got, we're going to go to heaven. Amen. Jesus is coming back. Some of us won't even see the grave. Some of us will hear the trumpet sound and the dead in Christ are going to rise first and we which remain alive will be caught up with the Lord. How many looking forward to that day? Amen, amen. I'm going to tell you something. You may not shout on this side, but when you get to the other side and see your new body, you're going to be shouting all over the place. Amen. <laughs> amen. So there's a lot of people that know about God, but I'm talking about knowing God. You, you see, being born again, you know God. And you know, if you really know God, then you're going to go to the house of God every time the doors are open. I'm here to tell you that if you really know God, if you really know God, you're going to go to his house and you're going to pay your tithe in your local church. Don't you go and eat Eat the, the groceries in your church. I'm talking about the word of God that's being fed. And then send your tithe to some television preacher. I mean, you don't go to Walmart, get your groceries, and then go pay for them at Safeway. Come on, is anybody listening to me? Listen, I want to get right down where everybody lives tonight because just like an alcoholic neighbor of mine that I go visit quite often, and he likes for me to talk about politics, and buddy, I can get with it. And so one, one day I kind of summed it up like this and I said, I want to tell you something. I called his name. I won't call it here. I called his name and I said, you know what? If you're so interested in this nation every day that you sit at your house on Sunday rather than going to the house of God, you're voting for this country to go down. 
He wanted to change the subject real quick. I'm here to tell you today that I want to get your hopes up, but the hope is not in the Republicans or in the Democrats or in the Independents. Our hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Our hope is in the church of the living God. That's where our hope is tonight. And you see, here's Paul. He's a prisoner on the ship. It's not his choice to be on that ship. They get into a violent storm. He warned them that they shouldn't sail, but he found himself in a situation that he had no choice in. It was not his making what he got into. I want to talk to you tonight because some of you may be in a situation tonight, a problem tonight, a a tribulation tonight, and it's not your making. It's not your choice. It's not your fault that you got into it. But you know what? I want to get your hopes up. I want to get your hopes up. Because Jesus said in John 16 and 33, he said, in the world ye shall have tribulation. But he said, be of good cheer. Boy, there's people with cheer in here tonight. Amen. He said, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You've got to live your life through the power of Jesus Christ. In your own, within your own self, you can't resist sin. But the Jesus on the inside of you, he can resist sin. Praise God. And so they they finally, the Bible says they, they hadn't seen the stars nor the sun in many days. And that's the way they navigated the ship. And yet they, they've just been a plaything in the wind and the waves. They didn't know up from down. You ever get in a situation I have where I didn't feel like I knew up from down? I mean, I was, a, I was as confused as a termite in a yo-yo. Come on. I mean, some of you looking real holy out there like, oh, I've never been like that. Come on now. Let's get real. All of us, we, we have come against some situations in life that we didn't even know how to handle it. And there have been times that we felt like all hope was gone. And you know, the Bible shows me that the hope is the anchor of the soul. I want you to see the soul as being, as being the mind and the emotions. But you see, when, when you've got hope, then it's like an anchor that holds you steady no matter how turbulent the winds are blowing against you, no matter how the waves are rolling back and forth, no matter what the bad report from the doctor or the bad report from the attorney, it doesn't matter what the bad report is because you've got another report. And the Bible said, whose report will you believe? The scripture doesn't leave it there. It says, whose report will you believe? And it says, I will, re- I will believe the report of the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Now, notice, notice that uh, I, I, the apostle Paul, I, I just love it because one of the things he does, he tells them, he says, cheer up. Yeah. In other words, he said, get your hopes up. I mean, it's looking bad. I'm, I mean, uh, the wind hadn't calmed down. The waves are still rolling. But he says, cheer up. In other words, get your hopes up. He said, an angel stood before me this night. And and it's the angel, and and it's the angel of the God whom I serve. You know, there's power when you begin to tell people, I'm born again. When you begin to tell people, I'm saved. When you begin to tell people, I'm a Christian, and I go to X church or Y church or Z church. Are you listening to me? I mean, you ought to be happy about your church and happy about your pastor. (laughs) 
You know, <laughs> my favorite Baptist pastor next to John the Baptist <laughs> is Chris Craig because he put this whole thing together. I think we ought to give him a great big hand clap. And all these other pastors, too, I'm telling you, every one of them are precious in the sight of the Lord and doing a great work for God in this area, and we need to hold them up in prayer. He said, the angel of the God whom I serve stood before me. And then I like what else he said, and you can check it out in your scripture later. He said, and I believe God. You know, there's something about faith is the substance of things hoped for. In other words, faith gives evidence to things that are hoped for. Hope is the blueprint that faith builds on. You need to have some hope, and then you need to say, I believe God. You say, well, if an angel of God stood before me and told me something, I'd be excited too. I'd believe it. But you know what Jesus said? He said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. I'm telling you, you got something better than the word from an angel. You got the Holy Bible sitting on your lap. And you need to take the Holy Bible and what the Word of God says, and you need to say, The God that I serve said this, and I believe God. Amen. Are you listening to me? Amen. And so he said, I believe God. Now, look, Paul made these statements. And the Bible says man shall not live by bread alone. Jesus actually said this. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. In other words, you see, we've got to understand we not only need meat and potatoes. Of course, some of you health nuts don't even want me to use potatoes anymore, eat potatoes anymore. But, oh, I'm going to be in trouble for that one. But, but. We have to eat the Word of God. You know, digestion in the natural starts in your mouth. Did you know eating spiritual food starts in your mouth? Romans 10 and 17, uh, 10, chapter 10, verse 17 says, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Your faith is going to begin to rise up when you begin to take the Word of God and begin to put it in your mouth and begin to agree with what God said. I'll just tell you something, brother, sister. The only way that you got saved was that you believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth the Lord Jesus. You don't get saved any other way. I mean, that's the Baptist way and Bible way of being saved. You got to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ died for your sin, gave you a gift of salvation. You cannot earn it. All your righteousness is like filthy rags. But you know what? You've got the gift of righteousness, the gift of right standing when you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. So, I, 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 you know, here, here's where I'm at on this. I just believe that salvation is just a package deal. I mean, I just, I just see the menu as being the Bible. And I begin to page through there, whether in the Psalms or wherever, and any good thing. And my theology is really easy. I mean, I can teach my theology in just a few moments because it goes like this. Good God, bad devil. <laughs> I wish insurance companies could get a hold of that. They call an act of God. 
How could it be an act of God? Whenever Jesus was in that boat, they had to wake him up and he calmed the storm. That would have been God working against God. The devil is trying to kill all of them. Are you listening to me? Oh, I got to move on. My Lord, what time is it? I got a clock up. Yes, sir, buddy. I got a little bit of time. Listen, listen. So <laughs> we have to look at the Apostle Paul and he made these statements based upon the Word of God that came through an angel. And you and I need to begin to make some statements based on the Word of God that has come down from heaven to you and I. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You know whose voice you like better than anybody else's voice? Your own. You know who you believe more than you believe anybody else? Yourself. So when you begin to put the word of God in your mouth and begin to say it over your finances and say it over your life and talk about the victory that you have in Jesus Christ. I mean, he's the one that said, in the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. What's that mean? Get your hopes up. Somebody shout, get your hopes up. Jesus said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He's on the inside of you. The Bible said, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Come on now. I mean, you've got power on the inside of you. The only way this gospel will work is just like a gun. You've got to point it at something and pull the trigger. Come on. Incidentally, I just want to share with you, I'm clinging to my Bible and my guns. I want to be on record. Amen. <laughs> yes. I, I, want, I want to show you the, the next thing that happened is they started throwing everything overboard. They were, they were throwing, throwing stuff out, throwing, throwing it over the board of the ship. You know, there comes a time that, that uh, Christians need to understand that we are to judge ourselves or we're going to be judged. Are you listening to me? In 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and, and, uh, and verses, uh, I think it's like uh, 9 through 11, that it says that the uh, unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And then it says uh, uh, that be not deceived, neither fornicators, adulterers, effeminate, thieves. It names a, a lot of things there. I was listening to a great evangelist, William Blackburn. And my goodness, after you listen to that man preach, Chris, you want to get your dog and bring him in and get him saved. I mean, <laughs> I mean to tell you, he preached a revival here lately, if you're wondering what I'm talking about. Great Baptist evangelist. Anyway, and, 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 and listen to this, people. There's a whole lot of folk that are in churches today that... They're shacking up. They're not married. It, it, it has invaded the culture so that young people, well, after watching TV, and not only young people, all ages, think you can just hop in bed with this one and hop in bed in, with that one. And they still show up in church. But the Bible says that the fornicators and adulterers, those that are having sex outside of marriage. Yeah, but they say, we really love each other. We just feel like it, it's God. We love each other. No, you need holy matrimony. You see, I love to go hunting. But I get a license. And if you love somebody, you need to get a license. 
I'm telling you, some of you might need to call your uncle tonight and say, Uncle, I need to, go, I need to come stay with you, me and a little woman, you know, till we get things, uh, you know, holy matrimony. I don't need to be going back to the house because the preacher doesn't set me straight. You know, this kind of preaching needs to be preached all over in America today. Everybody thinks it's a financial situation. Yes, that's part of it. But we got a spiritual situation in the United States of America. We've got to do like uh, Chris Craig and these other ministers have done that we've decided, you know, we're going to lay down some of the things that we don't agree on. And there's a bunch of stuff we do agree on. And, and in America, we need to rise up like an army because the Bible says, Jesus said that we are to occupy till he comes. And that's a militant type of language. You see, we're not supposed to be running from the devil. We're supposed to have the devil running from us. Hallelujah. And so, uh, again, that same passage of Scripture mentions effeminate. Uh, I love the King James. I, I like to read all translations, but, you know, King James, it just kind of puts effeminate, and that was great back in those days, effeminate. But uh, uh, notice this. Uh, other translations just say it like it is, homosexual. Homosexual. And people, these things need to be talked about in church also. Because this is wrong in the eyes of Almighty God. Old Testament and New Testament. It is an abomination to Almighty God. Now this is the amazing thing. The scripture that I'm quoting or partially quoting out of 1 Corinthians chapter 6 uh, verses 9 through 11. After he names a a number of sins. And I'm not going to continue naming sins. uh, He says, such were some of you. But you were sanctified and justified. See, people try to tell us that you're born homosexuals. You know we live in a world that's full of lies. And they were changed because he said such were some of you. They were adulterers. They were fornicators. They were homosexual. Such were some of you. But you were sanctified and justified. We need to bring that word back into the church, sanctified. We've been set apart, sanctified. I love that. We've been sanctified. Sanctified. Well, you know, they started throwing stuff off, off, off the boat. And even in the, the church today, you know, we can't have church like they did in 1955. I've talked to a lot of people in a little tiny church somewhere, and they say, we'd sure like to have some young people. I say, no, no, you, no you don't. <laughs> if you want young people, you got to change your music, and you got to change your lighting, and that's what I saw when I came in here. This is a church where the people up in years have said we want to reach this generation for the Lord Jesus Christ because you know what you know what the apostle Paul said he said I want everybody to stay on the ship now he was a prisoner but all of a sudden they're listening to him he said don't let anybody go overboard he said we got to keep everybody on the ship I'm here to tell you today folks that we shouldn't bellyache about things that are being done methods and things I'm here to tell you that it's basically going to be the anointing of God that brings people in but we can't do church like 1955 or 75 or 85 or 95 or 2005, we got to reach this generation. Well, somebody said, I don't like it when they turn those lights down. I'm afraid I'm going to trip. 
Well, just pray that your grandchildren and your children will like it and they'll get it back in church in Jesus' name. Is anybody following what I'm saying? I, I mean, we got to change our music. We got to change our methods. Uh, and, and I'm not saying that I was a saint in doing all of this. My son wanted to uh, blacken out the roof of our church, and he built a new stage. And, and, and we, man, I can't see to get around in the church half the time. Don't know who's there, who's not there. He dragged me kicking and screaming, but I love it now. Hallelujah. You know why I love it? Because it's going to reach this generation that's going to hell today. And I'm 60, nearly 64 years old. But, I, you know, my generation, we ought to have our big boy pants on and know that we're saved, redeemed by the blood and on our way to heaven and that we had our time and now we ought to make sure that they have their time and we need to have the church on fire for our children and grandchildren. Can somebody say amen? I tell you, I, I applaud you folks for what you're doing in your churches because we can't keep doing things the way we've done them before. I'm getting ready to quit. I'm, I'm out of time, but I want to tell you this real quick because I'm not finished with the story. You know what happened? Finally, yeah, they, they threw the stuff overboard. They lightened the load. You got to lighten the load. We need to get repentance back into the church. Uh, the John the Baptist preached it. Jesus preached it. And, and Peter preached it. And it's all through the Bible that repentance is not only a godly sorrow it's a turnaround it's changing there might have been some places you used to go some music you used to listen to some people used to hang with and you know you can't hang with them anymore come on now and so finally the ship is breaking apart and those that can swim they go ahead and swim on in that's us uh, uh, older folk we can go ahead and swim on in hallelujah but then uh, younger they, they, they just uh the ones that couldn't swim, they just came in on broken pieces. You know what I'm hoping? That I at least had a broken piece for somebody to get a hold of and get on inshore. You know, when they got in the shore, they had the natives had a great big fire built up. I'm going to tell you, in the United States of America, this nation, I don't care about the lies they're telling in history class today. This nation was founded upon Christian principles. It's all through the early charters. It's all through the uh, different states uh, and, and what they had written down. It's there. And our forefathers had a big fire for us. We've let the fire get down. Now we got a generation that's cold and wet. But you know what the Apostle Paul did? He went about and he's picking up sticks and throwing them on the fire. I'm here to tell you that any task you do for the Lord, thank God for these men that were greeting out there, men greeting back in here, and people singing in a choir and people teaching Sunday school class and cell groups and all of these things that people do. I'm telling you, that's picking up sticks, putting on a fire. We're getting ready to build a fire so big right here in Ruston, Louisiana that it's going to spread all through north central Louisiana. You can't do any little thing for the Lord. And lose your reward. 
Are you listening to me? Amen. You can't do any. He said, if you give the cup of water in the name of the Lord or disciple, you'll not lose your reward. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting the army of God rising up. Some of you don't have anything to do in the church right now. I mean, you need to find out what's going on in your Baptist church or the church you go to, and you need to find out from the pastor or administrative assistant or somebody, is there something that I can do? How many want to reach this generation? Now, now, my church knows that when I give my second conclusion, and that's what I'm doing now, that this one is for real. The other one was just to steady you back a little bit. Only a few words. In Hebrews 9... It says, if by, the blood and bull, uh, uh, if by the blood of bulls and goats you were sanctified, how much more by the blood of Jesus will your conscience be purged? I have to say that because there's always sensitive Christians in the crowd. And the devil's always shooting his fiery darts at them. Always accusing the brethren, trying to pull them down. But I'm here to tell you that if you know Jesus Christ as your born again Savior, I'm here to tell you that all your sins have been put in God's sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered again. I wanted to tell you about George Washington, Abraham Lincoln. I wanted to tell you some history, but I'm not, can't. I'm going to conclude. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Nobody looking around for just a moment. Our singers are going to get ready. I want to ask this question tonight because if you're in this building tonight and not certain that if you died that you'd go to heaven, if you're in this building tonight and you have received Jesus in the past. You truly have known Jesus, but you're out of fellowship with Jesus. If you fall into either of those categories, that you've never been born again, or that you've grown cold on Jesus, or you've got out of fellowship with Jesus, but something is stirring in your heart tonight, and you would just be saying, Preacher, pray for me. I want to go to heaven. I want to live for Jesus. Pray for me. I'm out of fellowship or I've never been born again. If you're in either of those categories, do you care enough about your eternal soul that you just raise your hand? By raising your hand, you'll be saying, Preacher, pray for me. Lift it up. Hold it there for just a second, and then you can put it down. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see those hands back there. How about up in the balcony? I'm looking up up in the balcony. I see that hand way up there. I see another hand. How about over in my left section, the right side of the church, left section? I didn't see any hands over there. Is there anybody over there? You want to get in on this? I'm getting ready to pray. I'm going to do a countdown from five. Many people have put their hands up. I'm going to have these pastors come and stand across the front facing you right now, facing the congregation. And I'm going to ask one more time, so if you keep your heads bowed, if you didn't raise your hand that first time, but you want to get in on this, because this is a holy thing. Six ministers, I see that hand. 
I see that hand. How many others? Oh, more hands are going up. More hands. More hands. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. I'm going to pray right now. Father God, in the name of Jesus, you see these precious people in this building. They've been touched by your Holy Spirit. And Lord, just about everybody in this building knows beyond a shadow of a doubt that you have been here in the worship. You have been here in every phase of this service. And these many folks have raised their hand. I pray, Father, in Jesus' name that tonight is their turnaround. I want everybody in the building to help me pray. Everybody in the building, help me pray. And you that lifted your hands, if you will pray this prayer and mean it from your heart, today you will be born again or back in fellowship, whichever, whichever qualification you would come under. Everybody help me pray this. Oh, God, forgive me of all my sin. I'm sorry. I turn from my ways and I turn to Jesus Christ. From this day forward, I will follow Jesus. I believe that he died for my sin. He was raised from the dead and he ascended into heaven. I believe that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. I'm redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm born again. I'm saved. My name is written in the Lamb's book of life. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Everybody stand up with me if you would. Here's what I want you to do. There might You might have to press by somebody. If you raised your hand and you prayed that prayer and you meant it, I don't care if it's rededication, back in fellowship, or for born again for the first time. I want you just to come down and stand in front of one of these ministers that are down here. I want you to step out. They'll let you by. Some of the people may have to move out to let you get by, but I want you to begin to come right now if you would, all over the building, even up in the balcony. I want you to go ahead and press by, push out, and come on down. People are, people are going to move. People are going to come. I want you to come. Did you pray it? Did you mean it? Did you mean it when you raised your hand? Don't worry about what anybody else will think. Here comes one. Praise God. Thank God. Takes a big man to come down. I saw young people with their hands up. I saw many people with their hands up. You need to move. You need to come down. I'm going to do a countdown. I'm going to have to quit. If the Lord said in his word, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. You raised your hand. You prayed that prayer. I don't care who you are, what position you have in a church. Come on down in Jesus' name, if that's you. Praise God.